Thank you for downloading the PR Week, PR Week's weekly podcast. For more podcasts as well as breaking news, visit PRWeek.com. Hello, everyone. It's Steve Barrett here, the Editorial Director of PR Week, here with uh, the latest edition of our podcast. been a busy week at PR Week Towers. We've had our first live in-person event for almost two years, the Purpose Awards, and we've had our PR Decoded virtual conference over the last three days. Uh, some excellent content, brilliant speakers, lots of good panels and keynotes and good debates. And we are Joined today by our Chair of Jury for the Purpose Awards, Crystal Howard, who is uh, Head of Comms and Media Relations at Kroger and is also the Chair yeah, chair of Jury. So, Crystal, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. No, thank you so much, Steve. And, you know, we were we were jesting a bit here. You know, we, we've been having a bit of a love affair of late. Yeah, uh, you know, I spent, we spent some time together in New York um, at the, the Purpose Awards and spent time together uh, during the Decoded Awards. And now we're here. But it, it's so great. And wow, what what a time to be in the industry. It is. It is. And first of all, I'm glad you got us back home safely. And that's all good to hear. And yeah, it is an amazing time. And it's, it was kind of appropriate, wasn't it, that, that the Purpose Awards was our first live event back? Because if something summed up the last 18 months, it was purpose. And a lot of the winning work and the winning people and teams really reflected that, didn't they? And uh, I think... When you did your introduction, it was a great, great summary of where we're at. But I don't know if you want to sort of praise what you said, but especially about essential workers, because we we kicked off the, sh- the show with a video about healthcare workers who clearly have been absolutely essential. But there are lots of other uh, groups of workers that uh, we need to remember, some very close to your heart, but also uh, some of the winners in the awards as well. Yeah, no, most certainly. And, you know, working for Kroger, the country's largest grocery retailer, as well as one of the nation's largest employers, we have nearly half a million frontline associates, people who have been there, been in our grocery stores, been in our manufacturing facilities and warehouse centers, um, ensuring that we can continue to eat. Um, You know, certainly I have very, and I won't call them fond memories, but certainly I have memories of spring 2020 and what that looked like and how our business quadrupled uh, overnight as, you know, again, there was just, we were all as people, as humans, as Americans, we were in the state of of uncertainty. And, you know, you started to see people kind of overindulge at the grocery store and started to stock up and hoard because there was such a fear and such an unknown. And I will say from the comm side of the world, we quickly had to activate um, an always on engagement strategy to ensure that we were bringing our associates, um, also known as our employees along on the journey. But then we were also collaborating with our brand team and our marketing team and our customer service teams to ensure that we were also bringing our customers along on the journey, um, you know, why we were now also navigating supply chain issues, um, supply chain issues that are still very much prominent and still very topical and, you know, in the headlines right now. But it's certainly been a hell of an 18 months and, you know, something that I, I continue to sit with and as challenging as it may be, um, we're still in it. Um, you know, we're, we're not in the clear yet. There are still amazing people, amazing humans who are 
on the front lines taking care of us. And I was, you know, reminded of another group of of kind of, you know, unsung heroes, um, flight attendants, as an example, yeah. when I think about the airline industry, when I think about the hospitality industry, when I think about, um, you know, those folks who are cleaning, um, you know, hotels and office buildings to ensure that we remain safe. Um, I, I just applaud them. But it's, again, just from a communication standpoint, you know, I almost feel like we've had an impossible job, um, but such a critical job over over the past two years. Yeah, uh, I agree. And have really stepped up and actually delivered the comms industry. But so uh, you make some great points about essential workers. They're flight attendants. You see some of this craziness on social media. People seem to have forgotten how to behave <laughs> in uh, in the air but it, it it's kind of reflected throughout isn't it people have stopped kind of forgotten how to be social or how to behave in in a uh, social environment so you make a good point there you make a great point about the supermarket workers i remember being almost, we were almost frightened to go out you know at the start of the pandemic and you you sort of go into the, the supermarket in small groups you'd have to form a line outside and uh and you needed the food right we were we were running out of you know, um, and, and and delivery, uh, food deliveries. And I, I made sure, I hope everyone did this, I made sure I always tipped the uh, cashiers and, you know, was, was always appreciative with them because uh, of, they were putting themselves on the line at the height of COVID. They really mm-hmm. were. And they were, you know, doing a terrific job for all of us. And uh, and uh, so, so um, amen to that. There were many other essential workers in in other areas like uh, manufacturing, which is obviously crucial to your supply chain. The emergency services, can't forget them, mass transit, delivery drivers. You know, I remember seeing UPS vans and uh, USPS vans being applauded in the streets, you know, which was kind of kind of nice, you know, because people people had a new realization of what what the workers do for us you know agriculture shipping and then actually one of the winners in in our um uh awards purpose awards was uh, um about a, an, an underappreciated cohort of, of of workers domestic workers na- nannies house cleaners home health aides you know so it was it was great to see us um, uh, celebrating essential workers um tell us a bit about the change maker of the year because uh that was inspiring. Dr. Kizmikia Corbett, um, who was, uh, you know, instrumental in the, the uh, production and of the uh, Moderna vaccine and uh, a, a really talented young female black scientist, but a, an amazing communicator as well. Uh, t- tell us a bit about her and, and why you were sort of advocating for her to be changemaker of the year. Yeah, no, and certainly, you know, and before we talk about Dr. Kizzy, and she is indeed phenomenal, I actually want to go back, Steve, to two points that you made. One, about always tipping your delivery driver. Uh, certainly, I can say at Kroger, and, and certainly in conversation with many of the finalists and other attendees at the Purpose Awards ceremony and dinner, I think what we've seen from a humanitarian standpoint is people looking to be more mission 
action driven, people becoming more generous and looking for ways to help the world at large, looking for ways to help causes. Um, there are so many fundraisers that we've hosted and we've had record breaking years of people donating funds, people volunteering and donating time. So, you know, the comment that you mentioned, like how fitting that our first in-person again, uh, in-person event was the Purpose Awards. I, I think people and companies and, and organizations are truly rallying around purpose and mission. Um, and, and certainly I think, you know, what will come out of this time that we have all navigated and continue to navigate is the way that we approach work and the way that we approach life will have forever changed. Um, and when I think of change and, and, you know, driving us back to change maker of the year, Dr. Kizzy truly embodies what it means to be a change maker in the truest sense of the word. Um, she's a powerhouse. She's an intellect. She's a scientist. She led, um, you know, helped the team that developed the Moderna vaccine. But she's also a tremendous communicator. And you know, as you know, one communicator to another, I just stand in awe of how she uses her platform, she uses her voice, she uses her influence for good. Um, you know, she's really made it her personal mission to educate and to inform and to mobilize. We know that there's still a lot of hesitancy and skepticism surrounding the vaccine, um, especially in communities of color and, and more specifically in black communities. Um, and she's able to connect with the black audience in, in a really unique way, but I just admire her as a human and as a person, um, and certainly as a communicator who is really anchored in her mission and purpose on this earth. Yeah, she's terrific. And um, we, there was the first year we've given out that award, and, and I can't think of a better person to um, have be the inaugural change maker of the year because uh, just an amazing person and great communicator. Absolutely agree. Now, uh, the, the most purposeful activation winner is, is kind of along the same theme as well. It's the Black Coalition, Coalition Against COVID-19, a group of black doctors, nurses, and medical school presidents who set out to address that vaccine hesitancy that you talked about through a love letter to black America. What was it that really sort of caught your eye about that one and, uh, you know, made it uh, the most purposeful? You know, again, speaking as a person, um, but also as a black woman, there's just something so poetic about a love letter um, and a love letter to black America. And, and you know, let's be honest, Steve, um, there have been many wrongdoings in the healthcare system against underprivileged individuals, um, against under and uninsured individuals and, and certainly communities of color at large. So there is some reservation. There is some hesitancy. There is some some skepticism. So I think, you know, we as people of color, um, you know, again, having that representation and having someone who looks like you and who is informed, um, communicating to you that it is safe and that this is essential. Um, it, the vaccine is essential in order to move society forward is so important. And that's why I was just such an awe of the activation of, again, leaders, medical leaders, um, you know, people in the, the science um, industry coming together and really rallying around this cause of like, let's help one another out and again, dispel myths and break down some of these barriers so that we can remain whole and healthy um, and, and help move society forward. 
Yeah, terrific work. Real Chemistry was the agency involved with that. So congratulations to them on that work. And uh, there was a lot of there was other work around health equity. There was Quest Diagnostics, 100 million Quest for Health Equity, which won Best Proof of Authenticity, which was a terrific piece of work. And then there were there was a great Peruvian campaign, actually. There's a, a really creative agency over there called Orange 360. And this was a piece of work for One Life for Dakota and GlaxoSmithKline. Um, they created an online platform that enabled people to find their nearest health center and encourage them to look after their loved ones. So it was a real sort of family theme to it. And they increased that the, when we talk about measurement and effectiveness, they increased uh, vaccination rates from 1% to 85%. That's incredible, isn't it? And if you're talking about effectiveness and measurement, that you can't get better results than something like that. Yeah, and it's incredible. And, you know, I was just on the phone, Steve, with uh, my colleague and friend and Kroger's chief medical officer, Dr. Uh, Mark Watkins, yesterday. Um, and he's, a, you know, is a physician. Um, and, you know, just in speaking with him about, like, state of affairs and, you know, just where we're at as a nation, where we're at as a society. Um, and, again, just uh, I just applaud everyone who, you know, nominated, um, kind of submitted an entry, especially those anchored in just, you know, work in eradicating COVID-19. It's just, it's it's so critical. And it truly takes us kind of stepping outside of ourselves um, and thinking about others and thinking, you know, more more at large about the world around us, that it's, it's truly, um, it's truly a team effort. And I just, again, applaud um, every, every finalist and certainly every winner and every, you know, Steve, every, campaign that you've spoken about here is just it, it was hard it was hard to choose winners let's be it honest <laughs> like it was so hard <laughs> yeah he was jealous wasn't he that you were celebrating dr kizzy he was he was like there's <laughs> no way he's like gosh i wish i could be there to see this moment um yeah, yeah. you know again he that certainly the medical industry holds her on a on a meaningful platform and, and rightfully so yeah, absolutely. And now some of the other themes that we saw in the and you know difficult subjects and important work, right? You know, in in it almost felt not inappropriate, you know, but it, 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 you're celebrating work that is touching really difficult subjects. I'm thinking of the victims of child sexual assault campaign. There were the com- campaigns around combating skin cancer, food insecurity school shootings, systemic racism, voter registration, climate emergency in the environment, you know, accessibility and inclusiveness, the sort of degree campaign that Edelman was involved with for uh, Unilever. Um, some terrific work. Was there anything else, that's, with any of those that stood out for you or any of the issues that particularly stood out for you? You know, Steve, you know, going back to, you know, just again, mental health and, and what really, and I think that's emerged if, if we want to talk about, you know, despite the darkness of the past eight months, I think that mental health and the ability and the importance of discussing mental health has emerged in a, in a more positive light. And one of the campaigns that really stuck out to me and they won for best public awareness um, is the Sandy Hook promise and it really anchored in the kids are not all right. And it really focused on, again, the mental health and well-being of our children and how social media and other influences and certainly the pandemic has taken a toll on our children. Um, And we truly need to be engaged with our children and teens and we need to check on them and we need to 
provide them with space and provide them with tools and solutions um, to navigate what they may be feeling emotionally and what they may be feeling mentally. So it's just something that just I, I just remember sitting there and as, you know, the reel was playing on that particular campaign, just like there was a certainly a tug at my heart because, you know, in the past six months, Kroger has navigated two active shooter situations, one in Collierville, right. Tennessee, and the other in Boulder, Colorado. Um, and it's it's just, it's quite, let's just say it's quite depressing and it's angering and it's maddening um, that this has become a part of our society and it's become a, a part of our new normal. So again, um, you know, I'm really moved by just work that's done around mental health and mental well-being. So the Sandy Hook Promise Initiative really set out to me. Yeah, I can imagine. And, um, you know, our condolences about those two incidents. It, it bring, really brings it home. And I can, can only imagine what that's like as a communicator having to deal with situations like that. So, yeah. Um, the uh, I, I kind of got a kick out of the ad council winning because you know advertising's discovered earned media, <laughs> you know, so and they've done some great work, you know, and good for them, and they've won lots of, uh, lots of other awards. But it kind of shows, doesn't it, how the traditional disciplines are kind of breaking down, aren't they? Or they've they've broken down, you know. So what is advertising? What's PR? What's digital? Um, you know, everything's kind of a mix of paid, earned, shared, and owned, and. You know whether you're a, a comms professional or a marketer, those are the areas that you're you've got to be skilled in and you've got to be dealing with. Yeah, what, what's your thoughts on that and 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 what that says about the industry and the disciplines? Yeah, and I, I would say right, paid, earned, shared, and owned, very much the the peso model. And I would say in my organization, I think certainly we were on that track pre-COVID, um, but certainly the pandemic served as an accelerant. Um, I can remember when, you know, there was a time during the pandemic where I felt as though like marketing handed the communications team like the keys. And when I say that, it's like drive the strategy, right? Because you all are well versed in how to navigate through crises. We're not. That is um, so true, isn't it? It's like uh, the, 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 yeah, the, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm joking a bit, but they run a mile when a crisis comes around. That's when the PR really steps up, isn't it? So that's right, that's right. Yeah. And we all know the saying, like you know, never, never waste a crisis, right? Yeah, so yeah. we, we kind of, you know, really have leaned into kind of that, that open door invitation and just really have leaned into that momentum. But but again, the lines are blurred and that's exactly how it should be. Like we should all be driving for greatest impact. And we know to achieve the greatest impact is we have to leverage all of our channels. We have to be consistent in our messaging. Um, you know, it doesn't benefit any business or organization when you have an approach that's scattered, that is diluted. We have, you know, data points. We have analytics that tell us whether it be when we're engaging with our investors or with our employees or with our customers, when we have a single focus that is when it resonates the most. That is when it has the greatest impact. That's when we see the greatest reputational gain. So it's kind of, you know, one voice, one team. And again, for us at Kroger, um, certainly the pandemic served as an accelerant for kind of breaking down, as they say, some of those walls. Yeah. And look, one of the reasons we set the awards, the Purpose Awards up was to not not write the playbook, but there, there isn't a playbook for purpose in business and comms and marketing yet. People are still working it out. And the idea is to get provide case studies that people in a, can aspire to emulating is how will you take the, that, 
that experience and the the sort of opportunity to really closely review all that and and how will you take that into your practice moving forward yeah i think it's a great question steve and for me i I took it as a challenge and a charge um, to continue using my voice and my team's voice and influence and platform for good of continue mobilizing continue activating continue influencing because we can through communications, words, words are so powerful. Like we can bring about change, um, both big and small, um, but we can bring about about the most change when we do it together. Um, So again, I was highly inspired by just every nomination that I read, um, just every finalist in the room, certainly by every winner in the room and just was in awe that, you know, despite the darkness and the unknowns of the past two years, um, that there are organizations and people who have remained focused on their mission throughout it all. Yeah, amen to that. And um, I want to say a bit about the PR Decoded Conference because it kind of bookended the Purpose Awards. The Purpose Awards were in person in New York City, but the the PR Decoded Conference was virtual still. We'll be back, uh, all things being equal, we'll be back live for both of them next year in Chicago. But for the time being, we went virtual. We stayed virtual with the conference. Same themes. It was all about purpose transformed. So if you think of the, the theme two years ago was purpose principles. Last year, it was purpose in action. This year, it was purpose transformed. And it really is um, work that has changed is changing things. It's moving the needle. It's not people talking about purpose. This is what we've been talking about and asking brands and companies to do to actually do things and measurable things. And 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 that that is what they are doing. And and that's what we're highlighting. We heard from Stephen Williams, who's the CEO of PepsiCo Foods North America. Terrific to get a leader of a twenty-one billion dollar company to come on and talk to us about how purpose is infusing everything he does. And uh, that being a good corporate citizen is right at the heart of Pepsi's mission. And uh, and that he really values his communications function in helping achieve that. That was that was a terrific story. And I should say you can check out all of these sessions on Catch Up. Um, and you can also see uh, stories about them on PRWeek.com. So there's still time to access the content. It's all available on demand, so go, do go and check it out. And with the Purpose Awards, you can check out the winners on the website, and you can download an ebook with all the case study write-ups in there as well. We also heard from Anne Mukherjee, from, who's the CEO of Perno Ricard. What an inspiring story that was. Um, really, um, how she's used personal tragedy, really, to inform her approach to business and build companies around communications um you know she lost her mother when she was a child to drink driving and now she's the ceo of a major alcohol brand can you imagine that and uh and she really does use that to infuse true purpose in the way she runs the company so fantastic uh interview by alida stam a a reporter and i really recommend you check that out we we heard from peloton an interactive session we had a bit of meditation involved in that so that was good fun to see how uh, community and relationships are driving purpose, how instructors became meaningful influencers, especially during COVID. Um, so that was great. One of my favorite uh, sessions was Ben and Jerry's Patagonia and City talking about how brands can promote justice and equity. And that those are brands that are kind of held up, I guess, alongside Nike as some of them, some of the most purposeful brands. But 
What I took away from that is that if you genuinely want to be purposeful, it's a it's an ongoing and, and I know you believe this as well, Crystal. It's an ongoing journey, right? You haven't achieved it just because you. Uh, everybody says, oh, we'd love to do a Patagonia or we'd love to do a Ben and Jerry's, which, by the way, is the wrong way to approach it. And, that, and, and they address that in the session. They still look at the weaknesses in what they're doing. They're still very open and honest about what they need to still need to improve on. And I really um, appreciated their candor and the honesty of their conversation. So I, I really recommend that uh, you check that one out because um, – those are three brands that you might think have have, have done it right. They've they've uh, crossed the Rubicon, but they they still feel like they've got a long way to go. And despite being purpose trailblazers, so check that out. Uh, GM uh, Craig Buchholz, head of Global Comms, was talking about their ambitious electronic vehicle plan um, and how they're going to really transform their the their business, an iconic business. And uh, and that involves partnership with government, with their competitors on infrastructure and getting over range anxiety, things like that. It's a fascinating story. So, so much content, so much good stuff to check out. And uh, it was really, really fun. But I think that point about purpose is an ongoing journey, Crystal, is a good place to end, isn't it? Because you can't just say, oh, we've done it now. We're a purposeful brand. It's It's, it's got to be renewed every day if you're going to be authentic to your mission. That is absolutely right, Steve. Um, it, it's it's a lifelong journey, whether that's you know a person who's leading the work or an organization. Um, if you're if you're really rooted in mission and you're really rooted in purpose, um, it's it's forever work, and you evolve and you change and you recalibrate um, just based on kind of what what the needs of your employees are, of your customers, and certainly society at large. Yeah, for sure. Listen, thanks again for being part of this and leading the jury so capably and doing such a great job last night and um, getting the crowd uh, up for the show and, uh, and and sort of putting it in context. We really appreciate the partnership and it's been good fun uh, hanging out. Absolutely, Steve. Ha- happy to have done it. And thank you again for having me. It's a pleasure. And uh, if you are feeling jealous that you weren't there last night or you want to uh, have some more fun, if you were, then we've got our 40 under 40 event in New York City on October the 28th. So do get your ticket for that. Or we've got the Hall of Fame 2021 dinner where we honor six legends. That's on December the 6th in New York City as well. And then, as I said, the plan is to be back in Chicago in 2022 with uh, a live and in-person PR Decoded and the Purpose Awards. But that's all we got time for for now. We'll see you next time on the PR Week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the PR Week. To find more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.